Chris Chouse. Welcome back to the show, baby. We are back. I am back with my man, Chris Kennedy. What is going on, buddy? So for those that are listening to this, you are listening to this on a Thursday, mm. which means technically it's going to be Thirsty Thursday. Yes. And Chouse and I are not disappointing anybody with that going on right now. We are thirsty, man. <laughs> we are drinking some adult beverages. Hey, because you know what? It's Friday somewhere. And it's always good. Isn't so it, I mean, wait, is, isn't it? Isn't it? It's it's five o'clock somewhere. I don't care. It's Friday somewhere. Man. <laughs> Australia. It's it's Friday in Australia. We'll just exactly. go exactly. You know, it's the weekend. Let's start partying early. But you know what, man? What we haven't done in a very long time is are you a moron? And I got a good one today because there is a, a pretty big moron. So let's kick it off. Are you a moron? I think you're a moron. Trevor Lawrence, man, if you guys didn't see, he is the moron of the week. And typically we do. Are you a moron for us, me or Chris? But I, this this one goes to are you a moron? Because Trevor Lawrence, like a lot of players uh, nowadays, and I mean, I, I take it with a grain of salt. I'm not being overly critical because I understand it. But Trevor Lawrence, like all players, they uh, he decided to get his signing bonus paid out in Bitcoin. And he currently, oh, no. the, yo, dude, man, and he lost himself $15 million to the Bitcoin crash. And I mean, I get it. I'm not cussing it down because I like the Bitcoin thing, too. I get it. You know, the price was high. Everyone's thinking, you know, he was going to win the lotto. And it went the other trend, $24 million down to $9 million. So, all right. So I I, I read this story. Um and apparently, so yeah, the, the whole thing was that he he you know lost fifteen million dollars in cryptocurrency. Um, apparently, though, that's not entirely true. Um, I guess he didn't. Uh, what was it? He said that he didn't actually like put you know all of his signing bonus, or whatever, into cryptocurrency. He did actually get paid in you know U.S. dollars. Ah, okay, okay, okay. You're stealing my thunder, though, man. I don't like that. But, 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 but the fact that a lot of other players have done this and have put their money into cryptocurrency. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't, don't get me wrong. I know NFTs and all this other stuff is like, you know, it's, it's the new big thing. Sure. I did it too with NBA Top Shot. I was into it for a hot two months. Yes, you were. And then cashed out as quickly as I possibly <laughs> could because it's if you want money, like give me the cash up front, like show me the all right. Let's let's go. Jerry Maguire. Show me the money up front. OK, show I don't want money. it in. I don't want it in a cryptocurrency. I don't want it in a Bitcoin. I want it in something that I can physically tangibly hold in my hand. And I get it. I mean, you know, well, they're saying, you know, Bitcoin right now it's lagging, but apparently it's going to go back to up to like 100K. So I mean, if that happens, and then it's gonna go down again. Well, if it goes up to 100k, man, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be wealthy too, and you won't see me no more. But I'm just saying, you know, if it goes to 100k, then we're the morons because we're cussing Trevor Lawrence down right now. But hey, I thought it was funny. It was a good thing because are you a moron? And if it holds true, that is a moron move. Diversify your portfolio, damn it. 
I don't know or, what else I can or, say. Or just do what Gronk did and not spend a dime of go. his actual contract money and just spend all that endorsement money. There you go. That's all you need to do. Learn from the book of Gronk because, you know, he was uh, pretty good at that. But speaking of Gronk, we got happy trails once again. Happy trails. I, I don't think we've done a happy trails for the same player twice on this show. And I, I believe we've done it twice now for Gronk. Maybe Brady. <laughs> Brady probably yeah. did it too. But Gronk, man, Gronk. Well, let's go happy trails. You know, let me let me rhyme this off because, I mean, everybody knows how good of a tight end he was, how good of a player he was. But there's a long list of accolades. Age 33, 11 years Mm. in the league. He finishes 621 receptions, 9,286 yards and 92 touchdown receptions. But that's not it, man. He goes four times Super Bowl champion, NFL comeback player of the year in 2014, four time first team all pro, five time pro bowler, NFL receiving touchdown leader in 2011, the NFL 2020, uh, 2010, excuse me, all decade team, NFL 100th anniversary all team, third team all American 2008. First uh, first team all pack 10. He's just a baller. NFL records go most receiving touchdowns in a season by a tight end. Most career touchdowns in a postseason by a tight end. Most uh, total touchdowns in a season by a tight end and most 100 yard games by a tight end in NFL history. I mean, like I said, a laundry list of glory. Your boy Gronk, former New England Patriot. Go ahead, man. Say your bids adieu. Again. All right, let's do this. So. With Gronk, I mean, the biggest thing that's going to come up with him is, you know, does he go down in history as the greatest tight end of all time? Some are going to argue yes. Others will say no, because he did only play 143 games compared to other great tight ends like Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, who played at least 240 games. All right. So Gronk's played 100, 100 games fewer than those guys, but he still has almost as many touchdowns as these guys. The receiving yards, yes, they're 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 way off for the most part because of the, the fewer games, mm-hmm. but the touchdowns are there. The Super Bowls are certainly going to be there. So for me, Gronk is going to go down as one of the top two tight ends of all time. The only tight end that I think is going to surpass him, if he already hasn't, is going to be Travis Kelsey. Ooh. I think that I do Ooh. think that Gronk is is better than Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp, whoever you want to put him against because of what he's done in the amount of time that he did it mm-hmm. because injuries did certainly, you know, factor into, you know, the, the lack of numbers that he had Travis Kelsey, if he continues on this pace, he will hands down be the greatest tight end of all time. I do think Gronk is in that top two, top three category though. Ooh, that's a tough, that, Oh man. It's, it's early for me to say for Kelsey, even though I understand, I mean, he's going to obliterate numbers uh, if he continues. I mean, I get it. And it's, it's a numbers game. We know this, but Gronk man, I mean, how pivotal was this man in these offenses that didn't have primary what number one wide receivers, the absolute dominance that he gave the new England Patriots in a time where they needed it. He goes to Tampa yeah. Bay. He starts scoring touchdowns all in that playoffs because uh, Tommy touchdown understood where he was at every time. And he was just coming down with the play. He is probably for me. I mean, it's so close. And when we're talking about everything, not just statistics alone, you know, impact on your roster when he wasn't on the roster, how did your team fare, you know, playoff performances, how clutch this individual was, he was right. always there to get them, you know, what they required when they required it. And I mean, on top of it, the numbers, like you said, 141 games, nearly 10,000 yards, like 
for a tight end to do that type of stuff, he was legit unstoppable for that. What four year span, if I remember correctly, but I mean, he oh, was just hey, a absolutely. Beast. Yeah. I mean, an absolute beast, unstoppable. And then he had that arm injury, you know, he's so he's been playing in a cast sleeve kind of a thing for the last few years. And I mean, the guy just took so much abuse. I mean, the arthritis this man is going to have oh, and the re- for the rest of his life is going to be insane. So the fact that he didn't spend all of that contract money in the future, you know, from the past is great because he's going to use that on health care for the next like <laughs> 20, 30 years. Yeah, you will, man, because you better get his dancing shoes on now, man, because in another what, five, six years. Or maybe seven. Once you hit 40, that's when things start to fall off, like I said. So, I mean, it's it's tough. Yeah, but but you know, you and I are a long, long way from 40, so we're fine. Whoa, whoa, man. Speak for yourself, bro. I'm already on the dark side. I'm older than you are. No, you're not. I'm 39. I'm 40, bro. Oh, well, sucks to be you. <laughs> See, I got to go pick up my shit off the floor right now because it just fell off just saying that, but... Happy trails once again, Mr. Rob Gronkowski. I mean, it was a pleasure. I mean, even though I hated every ounce of it when you were in New England playing against my yeah. bills. Yeah. Jerk. You jerk off. But hey, go have fun in retirement. You got lots of money to spend. And, I'd, you know, hopefully one day I'll get an invite to one of his parties. That'd be fun. Pretty sure that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't even care if he is from like upper New York and he's a Buffalo guy. Jesus, you're such a Debbie Downer today. I don't like you right now, man. Have another drink, you know, get a little happier and let's talk some football here, man. But staying with tight ends, buddy. <laughs> staying with tight ends. Austin Hooper, a Tennessee Titan now. And, and this is interesting because I was saying this already. I want to feel like it's been months or maybe when he got signed on with the Titans. I think it's it, it goes back. I was excited for that because we know that Austin Hooper is a very good blocker and, and he'll never leave the field because of that blocking ability. The Titans did lose Roger Saffold to my Buffalo Bills. So they got some holes yeah. on that offensive line that they kind of need to shore up. So how do you do that? You get a good blocking tight end to kind of shore it up in the aggregate. And right now he is developing very good chemistry, apparently coming from the beat writers in Tennessee. And he has become, quote unquote, one of, if not the favorite target in this offense so far in OTAs and minicamps. Yes, it's OTAs. Yes, it's mini camps. But I like this sign, man, because do you know why fantasy football people sleeper tight end potential? He is the tight end 27 right now in ADP. Which is, I mean, obviously it's phenomenal value. Um, And, you know, outside of Austin Hooper, there's really no other competition at the tight end position there in Tennessee. You have Traylon Burks, who they brought on, you know, pretty much traded straight up for. AJ Brown in the draft. Basically, they brought in brought in Robert Woods, who's still coming off that ACL injury. So, I mean, yes, Tennessee's a run first, run heavy offense. But with that being said, there aren't a lot of a lot of other offensive weapons for the Titans outside of Henry, Burks, and Woods. So Hooper could certainly get his fair share of targets. And to be a top 10, top 12 tight end in the league, all you got to do is kind of fall into the end zone four or five times, and you're right there. And how many times are we going to see the Titans again use the play action pass in the red zone, faking, trying to fake teams out, not giving the ball to King Henry. And then there you go. There's some booyah touchdowns for Mr. Austin Hooper. I like it. I like it quite a bit, actually. 27 tight end 27. Are you kidding me? And nobody's talking about this man. Yeah, I mean, 27 is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the fact that he's going in what, like the 20th, 21st, or what, in 12 team leagues, he's probably going like round 18, 17 or something. Something like that. So, I mean, if I'm not saying he needs to be the first tight end you draft, but if you want to draft a backup tight end just for insurance, for injuries sakes, whatever the, the, the case may be, 
Austin Hooper is an absolute steal because he's going to give you top 15 potential right easily out of the gate. And that's why I don't draft my tight ends, man. I'm going to stream my tight ends. I'm going to, I'm going to take flyers on these guys. Even if I get few weeks here and there, I mean, I'm going to go and I'm going to get yeah. an Austin Hooper. I'm going to go get myself a Hayden Hurst from Cincinnati. And then I'm going to rotate based on how players are operating. Man, I got Dalton Schultz off the damn waiver because I was, uh, you know, playing the wire on the tight ends and look at Dalton Schultz. Now fools I'm telling y'all nobody listens, man. Nobody listens. Chaus. Gerald Everett is going ahead of Austin Hooper by See? like four rounds right R- now. Ridiculous. Why would you even do that? No, I'm, I'm sorry. Go back to his stats in Atlanta where Austin Hooper, he was good. What it can easily see, even with Robert Woods coming back healthy, even with a rookie trail on Burks, you could easily see 80 targets come to Hooper and he can get you the maybe 650 to 800 yards and potentially 10 touchdowns in this, in this Tennessee offense. I mean, when he was actually being utilized in that Atlanta offense in 2018 and 2019. Yeah, appreciate he it. He saw, he saw 70 to 75 receptions, 700 receiving yards and five touchdowns a season. Like he was a he was the guy that you wanted as a top 10, top 12 fantasy tight end. And that's with Julio and Calvin Ridley there, man. So come on. I'm telling you, this is yep. this is one you guys got to keep on your radar. I'm telling you I'm t- truth. I don't speak nothing but factual information. You just got to listen to the guy, man. Listen to your boy. But anyway, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. It sucks. But I mean, we have to cover it because there's so much going on in Cleveland right now with this organization. And I mean, Chris is putting his hand over his, uh, you know, his face because it's truth, man. I mean, how much more can we talk about these Cleveland Browns? But I mean, they're always in the damn news. This is dominating all the headlines right now. And it actually has a lot of fantasy football implications. It does. So, I mean, I'll start with it, man. Deshaun Watson, he is settling financially with uh, right now with 20 out of the 24 women accusing him of sexual misconduct. I mean, so here's the thing. OK, and I'm going to break this down and I hope I'm not going to offend anybody because I'm not trying to because I understand if your stance is the way it is for Deshaun Watson, I cannot fault you. It, it appears to me that he is something of a dirtbag. OK, but we had the due process. He was uh, not you know, charged criminally fine. So you got to move forward with what we know. Does that mean he didn't do anything? No. Does that mean he did anything? No. So you got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt at this point because he was criminally not convicted. However, the fact that this goes to civil court, we knew that money was going to start flowing. But where my gripe and my beef comes now is how the hell can you convince me otherwise that the Cleveland Browns did not know that this was going to transpire, that they have not been communicating with the league office and with Roger Goodell and company, whoever drops all the suspensions and everyone's say, yeah, this is conspiracy theory. I don't give a damn because this is way too coincidental for me. They they go and trade multiple first round picks to the Houston Texans. Nobody does that. If you believe this man is not going to play in the NFL again, that's number one. Number two, you do not sign this man to two hundred and fifty million dollars plus. If you think guaranteed guaranteed money, if you don't think this man is not going to see the field at some point. You do not structure this contract in the first season to have a cap hit of $2.5 million, which is nothing. The Browns pissed that money on Kleenex, for God's sakes, 
in the first year because you know Deshaun Watson is going to miss time. So you're hedging your bets and you're protecting your salary cap. That way your team can still be competitive enough just in case he does come back after what, eight to 10 to 12 games and plays the latter part of the season, if not a full season suspension. You're still covered financially. You're not out your draft picks. And now you're betting, you're betting the big money on the future that the guaranteed money is going to pay off. There's a lot of bullshit that's happening here right now. And the fact that it's 20 out of 24 so far, get ready for the next four to get paid uh, of these women. And then this thing is going to be in the sunset. Oh, hands down. I mean, so after everything is when you settle, it's I don't want to say that you're you're pretty much like admitting fault, but like you're pretty much just trying to sweep it under the rug and you're trying to make it go away as quickly as you can. Correct. So it's not it doesn't look good for Watson whatsoever. So. Yeah, as as far as I'm concerned, he's probably not the greatest person in the world. Um, the way that this contract is structured, though, the Browns absolutely 100% were expecting a one-year suspension right. for Deshaun Watson because he's owed his guaranteed salary for this year from them, $1 million, okay? That's it. Each of the next four seasons, $46 million. You don't go ahead and structure the contract this way if you don't expect that this guy that you just completely traded the farm for is going to miss an entire season. Is it even expectation or is it knowledge of knowing the fact that this is going to happen? This is what I'm I think it's absolutely that. Yes. Right. So this is what I'm saying. So everyone says, oh, you know, it's they're in cahoots. This is bullshit. It's all conspiracy. It is not, man. This is not. This is too much to be just a coincidence in my mind. The NFL and the league office definitely must have been communicating with the Cleveland Browns with their investigation. The Browns did their own investigation, communicated that with the NFL and said, how much of this is going to be a PR nightmare that we can handle? How? How much of this is going to be something that we can swallow? Uh, no pun intended, but I mean, how much of this is getting you swallow in terms of contract on the first season? If you guys choose to suspend him for a full six or 17 games, this is not right. a coincidence, man. This was all given no. knowledge, in my opinion, to the Cleveland Browns from the league office and Deshaun Watson's camp. That's why it's happening, unfolding this way. And people are still going to be pissed. And I don't blame you, but I mean, I'm just I'm laying out the facts. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, I mean, hell, I'm I'm in another week or two, I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to rewrite all my player profiles for the Browns <laughs> because it's going to be completely different than what I thought was going to happen a week or two ago. So it's true. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't expect Watson to play this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. If at the very minimum, he gets suspended eight games minimum minimum. If yeah. it's anything less than that, then this is it's one of the most corrupt, you know, organizations in all of in all of sports. 100%. I see 12 games personally at minimum. Okay. I think yeah. I think, the, I think the floor is 12. If he gets 12, then you know what it's it's long enough because it's majority of the season where people will belly ache for a couple weeks after that uh, and then they'll let it go, but I can definitely see a full season suspension. I mean, if I'm Calvin Ridley, dude, I am freaking pissed. I go and I drop a bet of $2,500 and they suspend me for gambling for a whole season. And Deshaun Watson's getting happy endings over here and he's paying it off with his dollar bills and he's going to get 12. Like, I don't see it, man. I think, man, I saw somebody say that he might get 60 games. I'm like, that's three and a half years, bro. No, how how do you figure 60 games? I mean, 60 games. I mean, I mean, Josh Gordon had it bad and he just got suspended for weed and booze. So, no, I mean, Deshaun Watson's not getting 60 games. If if what he did is 100 percent true, 
then yeah, he deserves 60 games. Sure. It's not a lifetime ban, sure. but he was not criminally charged. So I do think that due process and benefit the doubt, whatever, you know, it, it, it goes into play. Yeah. But a, a one year suspension, I think is kind of like the minimum or maximum penalty he'll probably be getting. I get it, man. And then detriment to the team on personal conduct is usually where they go with that. But how, how about this to all future players? Just don't be a douchebag. Yeah. Okay. Just you know, don't be, don't just, just be a, be a decent human being, you know, ha- have one masseuse and do not touch her. Like how hard is that? I've actually never had a like professional massage, so I can't tell you. I don't I don't know that they're good, man. You should go and try one. But just, you know, I actually don't go because I know how you are, man. That's not good. Whoa. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> I would I would show up with a slippers I'm bar and a, he... and a beer. I know. And I'd would. be like, do, would you like this? And they'd probably be like, no, say, cool. So do you mind if I drink and eat a Snickers <laughs> bar while you massage me? I'm totally playing. You're a stand up individual and I expect nothing but stand up from you. Staying with the Cleveland Browns, buddy. I mean, we got issues in Cleveland. I mean, is it issues, but they're trying to revamp. Wait, everything. we have more. It's not issues. I shouldn't say issues, but they're they're going through their due process. And early news right now suggesting out of at the end of uh, mini camp is that Browns uh, running back D. Ernest Johnson could be a camp trade candidate. And I like, love me some Dearness Johnson. Right. Way. So that's why I was like, OK, this is this is noteworthy. We need to discuss this yeah. a little bit because, I mean, he showcased his ability on that primetime game. And I mean, is he is he truly a three down NFL running back that can be trusted upon? It's to be seen. OK, I'm going to leave the, the jury still out on that. Let's just say I'm, I'm going to say probably not. But yeah. Okay. OK, but we we did like what we saw. He did carry the ball. What, like 17, 18 times that contest, 140 yards touchdown. I mean, he got LeBron tweeting about him. So, you know, he was doing something right. I mean, not, not just that, but so looking at his actual game log for last season in the three games where he saw 19 or more rushing attempts, he had 146, 99 and 123 rushing yards and two total touchdowns in those three contests like so when you give him 20 plus touches, he's going to make something happen because he was averaging at least five yards per carry. He's not someone that's going to be used in the receiving game whatsoever. Right. But as a running back, I mean, he's good as a one two, you know, kind of like that one two punch kind of guy. So what's his value? That's kind of where I'm going. When we're talking about trade caliber from another team, what got to be like a fourth, in my opinion. Um. He's 26 years old. So yeah, I'd say a fourth round pick. Cause he's, you figure for a running back, he's got another three years of, you know, that kind of, you know, ability, that kind of level talent left. So three years. Yeah. Fourth round picks fine with me and, and not much tread on the tires. So, I mean, the usage can still be there in a, in, in a good shape or form, but where does he go? What team would require a D Ernest Johnson and what, what, maybe what's the best landing spot? Where would he go? I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out because I don't know. I mean, it's tough because I mean, he's, a lot of teams could use that more of like speed change of pace receiving back. Um, but he's not that kind of guy. You know, right. he's a guy that's more of that ground and pound, bigger body first and second down. And a lot of these teams already kind of have that running back already. So it's tough for him to try to land a, a starting spot unless he gets traded to a team like the Raiders where they have, they decided not to pick up Josh Jacobs extension. Mm. So, or the, his, his, his option, excuse me, so, you know, maybe maybe the Raiders are, are an option there. Um, but I mean, Houston, maybe who knows? I mean, Houston, there aren't a lot right. of teams. There aren't a lot of teams that really kind of need that sort of running back because they already have him. 
what if they want to do a one-two punch the same caliber? I mean, is that beneficial? I mean, New York Giants maybe hedging their bets because Saquon could be out the door. I mean, I, I would. Uh, would it help the Giants? Yes. Would I like it for Dearness Johnson? No. You know. Right, um, right, right. I mean, I think for a team that might want to do that, that's more of that run-heavy kind of an offense. Um, I think the Bears could actually be a team that could really use somebody like that with David Montgomery mm. because. They don't have many receiving options right now. Fields is still going into his second year, you know, needs to show a little more promise. So maybe a little more running game help could help him kind of evolve into that NFL quarterback that he wants to be. I don't mind that at all, man. I think if you go heavy ground and pound with a Justin Fields, you get him going good. I, I think that's okay. What about the, the Falcons? <sighs> Falcons are interesting. I was thinking about that one too, but I mean, I like me some Tyler Algier. I almost messed up his name again, but Algier. I think he could be some good. Maybe you tell I don't know. You put Cordero back at wide receiver in the slot. You do a little Algier with a little Dearness Johnson. That's not a bad one-two punch. Yeah, I don't hate it. I just think for, for Johnson, you know, he's going to have to be in a team where he's going to be at least be able to get the opportunities because if he can get 20 plus touches, I mean, yes, super small sample from last season. Right. But let's let's see what he can do with an actual workload throughout an entire 16, 17 game season. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. And the reason this is all happening, staying in Cleveland is because apparently the Browns are uh, ready to re-sign Kareem Hunt and Kareem Hunt has mutual interest to stay in Cleveland, stay in the town, because I mean, I don't know. I, I was hoping Kareem Hunt was going to go elsewhere, but apparently he mm. likes the tandem of him and Nick Chubb. He could get paid pretty decently they took a chance on him after his his suspension almost cost him his career but i mean this is the reason why and i mean you got you got jerome ford in the backfield you have uh jerome what's the other guy felton what's his first name i can't remember his first name but last year's rookie felton come on yeah what's his first name damn it it wasn't jerome no was it jerome if it's jerome there's two jeromes on there then it's good <laughs> uh dimitrick Dimitri, you Jerome. You were way off, dude. There, there, no, there was a Jerome Felton in the NFL. He's I remember him. He's just been retired for like three, four years. <laughs> oh, we got to put down the booze. But I mean, do you like Kareem Hunt staying in Cleveland? Because I want to see him go somewhere else. I think he would have been better to go back as a RB1. I don't want to see him back as an RB1 like he was with Kansas City. You know, kind of get back to that full workload, not just be that change of pace back, you know, like he is now in Cleveland because of Nick Chubb. So, right. Yeah. For me, I want, I would love to see Hunt as, you know, kind of like that main, that main guy and regain that fantasy value that he once had before he decided to be a douchebag, you know, and, and do what he did. So was it really that big of a douchebag move? Don't answer I think that. So, yeah. Don't answer yeah, that. Yeah, I was yeah. setting you up again. See, I'm trying to bait this guy today and it's not good. I'm sorry. You're my brother. I won't do that anymore today. That's or first of all, because you're my brother, <laughs> I, it's, it's only expected that you do that. So Thank you. This is how we rib each other, man. I mean, that's just how it works. You know, you make sexual innuendos and you, you know, you try to trap him into saying something he doesn't want to say. That way, you know, people can say you're a jerk, man, and we don't like you anymore. But hey, one offense we do like a lot. And this guy's chewing over there. I don't even know. What are you eating, man? What the hell are you eating? <laughs> he can't even answer Reese's pieces and they're look, delicious. Look at this guy, man. Stuff in his face like, you know, you haven't seen before. But New York Jets, man. Brees Hall is now. This was the quote I saw is now the Batman to Michael Carter's Robin. I was like, OK, OK, but we expected this. But I mean, he's now going to be having uh, lead back duties, but they will use both. Apparently, like we knew. 
I, I mean, this was a given to me. It, this doesn't seem like it's a big headline, but I, you know, I'm excited for the prospects of them being a very nice tandem in New York. I agree. And I think with the addition of Brees Hall, you know, taking them as early as he did, as the, you know, the Jets did, Michael Carter can kind of go back to that receiving back role that I thought he was going to be when we first did the scouting report on him last year. Right. And have Brees Hall be that one, you know, first, second down kind of guy. And then Michael Carter be that change of pace, receiving down, you know, kind of third down back that I thought he might be. So I do think in PPR leagues, Carter absolutely still has value. Huge. But Brees Hall should be that guy still. And I think that, you know, okay, even if we want to say progression, we want to see in Zach Wilson. That's what everybody's here for. They want to see it happen with a Garrett Wilson, with Brees Hall, et cetera. This is going to happen, but they're going to lean on the ground game with Brees Hall and with Michael Carter. So even in the run game, I can still see Carter going Carter going into like maybe what 120 rush attempts, approximately 50, 55 receptions ish. That's kind of where I see Carter's excuse me, Carter's role going as Zach Wilson figures out his ability in this past game. And I think when they lean on the ground game, Brees Hall could easily to me get 250 touches without question. Mm. And I think uh, based on PPR upside, based on, you know, fantasy football upside, I think Brees Hall for where he's going ADP wise could be a very, very good running back for your fantasy team. So with, with Michael Carter last season, he had about 13 touches per game. What do we kind of see him going into this season with Brees Hall now with kind of is that main guy? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the eight to 12, like depending on yeah. game yeah. On, on game flow. And and I mean, I think I could see a lot more check downs. Maybe they even put him in the slot a little bit. They do double tandem running back sets. I mean, this could work out extremely well for a Michael Carter in certain situations. Right. But are we saying the Jets are going to be very competitive or are the Jets going to be a team that are trying to climb back usually week to week? Right. So if that's the case, even Brees Hall can catch. So they're going to be the, the NFL is morphing, man, and they're going to try to get two running backs that have similar skill sets that can catch the ball, have good wheels. And the Jets have these two running backs that are basically interchangeable and you won't really know mm-hmm. who's running or who's catching the ball at any given moment where Brees Hall is going in the middle of the fifth round right now would you mm. rather have him as your RB2 or RB3 depending on how you want to draft yeah I'm I'm leaning to that three just because for any rookie I mean you, you know you want to have a little bit of of more veteran presence I guess I could say but would I be upset with him as my RB2 probably not and I think when it all shakes out he might start a little slow maybe first three weeks this season you know you get the 10 points But I think after that, he's going to do very, very well. Yeah, and I think if I were to take him as my RB2 in that fifth round, I would then want to go with somebody like a Damian Harris or an A.J. Dillon in the sixth round and kind of get that insurance. There you go. And that and that's how you hedge your bets that way. So, I mean, it's it's all very, very nice. But I mean, are you taking shares of Michael Carter then lower down in ADP? Because I I still think I am. Absolutely. I mean, in the in the ninth or tenth round, I mean, I'm fine with sashing him on my bench and just filling him in where I need to based off his early season production. Yeah, man, he's got flex appeal all day long. And, it, you know, if what he gets maybe four or five, maybe he goes like James White style, gets four or five receptions, 60 yards. And no, finds, no and one's finds... going. No, one, no one's going James White style. Wow. James White is James White. Wow. I was trying to, you know, uplift this man, even though I comped a message of quiz Rogers back at the scouting oh, report. God. Sorry about that, Michael Carter. But I mean, it's still truth in the matter that you're quiz Rogers right now until you prove me otherwise. But 
that's the New York Jets as we always see them. You know, are they going to be bottom feeders? Or are they going to do well? This uh, uh, New York Jet fans, I'm sorry. You guys have a lot of pain and suffering potentially coming still. So switching gears, baby. I mean, is it too early and douchebaggy to be, you know, doing a victory lap pre-training camp? <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but let's, let, but let's hear it. Hey, man. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to do a pre-training camp victory lap because early projection has the Saints. Abram Smith making the 53-man roster. Yes, and I told y'all after cussing me down saying, hey, he's seventh on the depth chart. Fuck y'all because he's going to make the 53. (laughs) First of all, who? Oh, man. Abram Smith. Okay. How many times I got to tell you this man's name? I don't know. I mean, because every time that you probably mention him, I kind of like think about, you know, the lint in between my belly button because I don't have any idea who Abram Smith is. So I'm like, oh, just talking about Abram Uh, Smith. Oh, look, I got lint in my belly button. Jesus, man. You know, running back from Baylor, man. Get your head out your ass. You know who he is. Ah, uh, but hey, you know what? I thought that was kind of funny because you know whatever. But well, it, no, you're you're absolutely right because he is. He's like <laughs> sixth or seventh on their depth chart yes, as of now. Yes, so yes. the fact that he is projected to make the the 53 man roster, like absolutely hands down, you deserve the credit for that. Okay, one. perfect. So I'm I'm gonna you know take a little bow, but it doesn't mean anything right now because he could easily get cut after the preseason if he doesn't show well. So but no, it doesn't matter as long as he makes the initial roster. That's it. Then, then you were technically still right. Then I'm right, absolutely. But you know what? We'll talk about Tyler Algier because I mean, rumor has it he's on track right now to be one of the top backs in this. Excuse me, I gotta stop drinking. But I mean, he's gonna be one of the top backs in this offense, Chris. And I think you know the way in which that they're going to handle Cordero Patterson likely. I want to say more as a receiving option, mm-hmm. I think, because just they don't have enough. They want to mix it up, put them in the slot. I'm, I'm really excited for Tyler Algier in this offense, because even though they're going to be down a lot of games, I think he's going to produce a good amount of uh, numbers for this team. Yeah. And Arthur Smith has already said that they want to use Cordero Patterson more as a receiver because outside of Drake London and Kyle Pitts, I mean, yeah, they did go ahead and they signed Brian Edwards, but, they're going to need more help at the receiver position. So I think Patterson being used more as a receiver is going to give more of an opportunity to Tyler Algier, Damien Williams to a lesser extent, but I think it's going to be Algier's backfield for the most part. I think they will still use Patterson in that running back receiver role, but definitely more as a receiver just because at the quarterback position with Mariota and then at some point Desmond Ritter, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to give these guys some weapons to throw to. And if you keep Patterson in the backfield, it's not going to help either of these guys. I mean, unless they're going to do like the screen plays or like the, you know, jet sweep forward pass. That's going to be at the, that's going to have to be a hell of a lot of, of screen plays. You, know, you, know? you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> if you're talking, you know, depth of target, and Patterson's depth of target, one of those uh, short, it's like jet neg- negative 0.7 <laughs> yards. <laughs> that's what it's going to be for sure, man. But I like, the potential i think that algier you know he's a good running back and like we said you know when the scouting report go check it out on headliner you i mean he plays at that at that good level of speed it sometimes could be one speed but he's got enough burst to you know break free and he's a big man so he's going to take a lot of tacklers with him and god help you guys if you try to arm tackle him because he will definitely break free and you and i were both high on him you know coming out of yeah. com- coming out of byu he played a lot faster than that four six forty time that he 100%. tested for 
awesome balance, you know, the arm tackles. I mean, just yeah, best of luck to all the defenders out there. And he also is a decent pass catcher. Like he yeah. can be a receiver if you need him to be. It's just he didn't really have a ton of opportunities in college to do so. Yeah, and I mean, likely they'll they'll give him the sprinkles here or there in the pass game, but that's going to ha- be handled by Patterson. But yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree that he's not limited to the fact that he can't do it. So I'm excited, and I think he deserves a shot. I think in the preseason, we're going to see a, quite a bit of Algier to see what they got on their hands. And, and you know, his stock could definitely start flying up these boards if he starts making a few good plays in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, for a guy that's, you know, almost six foot, 220 pounds, mm. the fact that the fact that he tested it at 4640, but actually looks faster on film. Yes. I mean, that's that's a, a, a great combination of speed and strength that he has. He looks like he runs a 4-4 on, on film. It's it, he no, does. No kidding. No kidding about it. But I'm excited. I think he's got sleeper rookie potential all day long. But the rumor mill, buddy, is, you know. We are what, like uh, July 15th, I think, is the start of training camp. So we're just a mere three weeks away-ish uh, from training camp. But we're seeing the the Ravens are likely to add a veteran wide receiver very soon. And whose name is popping up on that list is Mr. Julio, <laughs> Julio Jones. I, I thought you were going to say Antonio Brown. And I was okay. like, nope, that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, that's the end. We're going to shut it down. AB's retired, even though he doesn't want to say it. But Julio Jones to the Ravens, I don't like it one bit. I think, no. you know, it's just going to be Tennessee resurrection again. He's going to do not much. They're going to, you know, sprinkle in here and there. Maybe they just bring them in to help school up the young wide receiver room that they have. I kind of think that's kind of where they're going with that. If they do bring a veteran. in, I mean, he's played, he's played what 19 games over the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. He's going to be 33 years old this year. Um, yeah. I mean, if you were to bring in a, a veteran wide receiver, bring in a healthy veteran wide receiver that was going to be able to give you just about a full season. Um, Julio Jones is going to go down as one of the better wide receivers of all time. Whoa, best. One of the best, not better. Wash your mouth. Would you okay, would you top 10? 100%. 100%. It's who I'd have to go I, I'd have to go through my list. I don't know if I'd put him top 10. I probably maybe, maybe. I, I probably have to look through the list too just to confirm, but without looking at the list, I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes, he is top 10 ever. And and, and that's fair. Um but at this point in his career, where the injuries have piled up, his age, I mean, bring in, bring in someone that's at least going to help, you know, give you something for your offense that's going to help you get to the playoffs, you know, and help you compete in that conference. A.B., unfortunately, I'm sorry, A.B., uh, Julio Jones, at this, point, at this point, he's not that guy anymore. No, he's lost a step, and it's truth. And I mean, it sucks because... It- I, I love me some Julio. I was a huge Julio oh, Jones fan, and I mean, always will be. He is my number two favorite wide receiver of all time, next to Andre Reid, of course. But I mean, I'm just trying to pull up this list, and I can't find the list of all the wide receivers of all time. Why do they hide this on people, man? Just give me the stats. Give me the numbers. <sighs> you know, technology is hard sometimes, I tell you. All right, so... You got the list. Right, so let's let, let's take a look. Yeah. So okay. All time leaders in receiving yards. Julio is seventeenth. Okay. All right. And then if you look through uh, receptions, he is twenty fifth. Okay. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, touchdowns isn't going to be any better because there was like that three year stretch where That's he didn't true. like no <laughs> touchdowns. No, no touchdowns. Yeah. Um, Julio Jones in touchdowns. 
is this is bad. Uh, 84th. Oh, my okay. God. Oh, my God, Julio. Okay, I might have to rethink uh, my top 10 appeal on Julio Jones. God, but you know what? Whatever. Maybe it's just, you know what? Sometimes you like a player more than what he, but he was so dominant for those few years. You got to love what he was doing. Maybe that's the bias. Well, all right. So th- that's the thing is like he was dominant. And because it was receiving yards and and targets and receptions, right, right? But the touchdowns were so inconsistent. That's where we're kind of like that that divide comes through. It's true, I, and I completely understand. Fine, okay, I get it. But I mean, with how the Ravens do not pass the ball, I really don't know if I see a value point in this for Baltimore right, outside right. of. I mean, you got Bateman, you got Prochet, you got uh, Duvernay. You need some veteran presence to kind of build these guys up and school them up in the pro game. So from that perspective, if you're signing him to be basically a mentor and a coach for this wide receiver room, then I'm all for it. But other than that, I don't expect a whole lot from Julio anymore. Oh, 100%. If he's being brought in as a mentor, I'm all for it. But if he's being brought in because you think that he's going to be a difference maker, you're bringing him for the wrong reasons. Completely the wrong reasons, but hey. Let's move on, man. LaVisca Chenault apparently is looking extremely fast this year in mini camps and OTAs. I don't know if I'm buying it, man. I kind of fell off the Chenault bandwagon. And I mean, you you want it? Because I, I don't know if I'm if I'm believing what I'm seeing. I got to see proof in the pudding. No, I'm I mean, I know a lot of people were kind of on the LaVisca Chenault bandwagon last year. It didn't pan out. Right. And I don't see how it pans out this year. I mean, that receiving room is pretty crowded right now. And he's kind of buried on that depth chart. So for me, I'm I'm not touching him in drafts this year. I'm not touching him either. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, unless he just blows up in the preseason and and, and Coach Doug uh, Peterson actually shows, you know, a keen ability in trying to force feed him the ball in specific situations where you got to manufacture touches to get this man the ball at this point to, you know, get him going at least. But yeah, I mean, for me, I just I just don't see it. I, I never was a huge supporter of his game, and I'm still kind of falling off of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes, you know, second season in the NFL, he saw an increase in just about every receiving category that you could think of. You know, the only problem is that he didn't catch a single touchdown. So go. and that's not necessarily his fault. Like Trevor sure. Lawrence threw, I think, like 10 to 12 touchdowns all year. But the fact that he's going to be battling with Zay Jones to be the team's wide receiver three or wide receiver four is doesn't bode well for LaVisca Chenault. It's true. And the fact that they want to put Travis Etienne as kind of the Debo role, how they're flirting it out there right now. Right. That, exactly. That Debo role should have been perfect for a LaVisca. And I mean, OK, so at least we're on the same page. I just wanted to, you know, test the waters to see what you were feeling about it. But I mean, sneaky upside wide receiver. Apparently, K.J. Osborne is making a presence on the sneaky appeal. He's supposed to be getting a a, a lot more. What was the word they used? A substantial boost in target share. Is this fact or fiction? Because I could see it. I think that it could happen because Minnesota has been dying for that third wide receiver to team up with J.J. and Adam Thielen. And then with the injury history that Adam Thielen has had over the past two seasons, Osborne did well, man. What do you get? Like seven, eight touchdowns last season. So I think, you know, he could definitely have be warranting some more targets. I really, really like KJ Osborne a lot. Mm -hmm. The problem is that Irv Smith Jr. is coming back. Right. And so that could be cutting into that target share for Osborne as the wide receiver three. So, you know, of course, Dalvin Cook is going to be involved in the passing game a little bit. Um, 
Jefferson and Thielen, of course, number one, number two. So I don't want to say it leaves Osborne as the odd man out, but I think that he definitely could be interesting, especially if Thielen does miss any time because, you know, Thielen has, you know, kind of caught the injury bug recently. So if he does miss time, Osborne is going to be that number two option. And he showed last year when he was that number two guy, he could be really, really productive. 100%. And and with a new offense that they're installing, they're going to be different. So at least we won't see that vanilla approach. And I think that they're going to be a little bit more explosive than what we're used to seeing in Minnesota. I think they're going to be a very exciting offense to watch, I think, this season. And, And I think depending on how the chemistry build and how they get, how Kirk cousins gets this playbook early, I think we'll set the tone of how this wide receiver room is going to be utilized. But I think there's going to be a lot of balls to spread around because I'm, I'm of the opinion that Kirk cousins could again, throw for nearly 5,000 because he's proven that before. So, I mean, 35 touchdowns, 4,800 yards passing is not out of the question for me for Kirk cousins. Sorry. How, how many, how many balls are going to be passed around? There are lots of balls because I mean, you gotta, you gotta love the balls. So from weeks 13 <laughs> through 18 last season, Stop it. KJ, KJ Osborne finished as the wide receiver 16. Okay. Right. He caught a touchdown in five of the team's last six games. There was only one game in the last six games of the season where he did not catch a touchdown. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, so even if it is red zone appeal where everyone's forgetting about KJ Osborne or they're going to forget about an Irv Smith, I think Irv is going to take a little bit of time to come back from his injury, even to get just into football shape. I think, yeah. you know, maybe halfway point of the season, he starts to get comfortable. And this is where KJ Osborne could be extremely explosive for your team, especially in the flex option and flex appeal matchup play. He could be a steal of a deal and then, you know, win, help you win weeks early on with which is, which is great to get you in the postseason. So KJ Osborne is currently going towards the end of the 18th round, which means Ooh. he's going to be one of the last picks in your drafts, right? Ooh. Would you rather have KJ Osborne, Julio Jones, <laughs> if he signs somewhere? Sure. Oh, LaVisca Chenault is going two rounds after KJ Osborne. Would you rather have Chenault or KJ Osborne? KJ Osborne all day long. Where's Michael? Where's uh, my boy Paris Campbell? Where's he? He's got to be down there. Oh God. Um 25th round as the wide receiver 98. You guys are disrespecting my boy. I'm telling y'all, but see, here we go. If if I'll say it this way, I go running back heavy. I mm-hmm. do I do crazy shit and I go take my quarterback early, meaning I'm gonna get uh Mahomes, Allen, or whatever. Probably won't get Allen, but I mean Mahomes Herbert right. ish. And then I, I start waiting on my wide receivers. And if I go my last two rounds, I'm, I'm KJ Osborne and I'm Paris Campbell. I'm, I'm a happy man. Okay. KJ Osborne, Paris Campbell, or Justin Ross. They're all going within a few rounds of each other. Who do you have? Who do you take? Why would you do it, man? That's pulling on heartstrings. I'm going with Paris. I really am. I think everything I've seen so far, he is, he's okay. The injuries I get. So if, if I, if I draft myself a Paris Campbell, likely my league mates, unless they're listening to this, aren't going to be drafting KJ Osborne. No. So, so I'll dump, I'll dump Paris and I'll pick him up off the waiver. How about that? I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you were going to go Justin Ross. Cause that's where I was going to go. Yeah. I mean, I want to see him make the roster first before. And if they're going to put him, I have a feeling he might go to the practice squad, but they, uh, uh. With, I mean, with that said, I, you know, you're going to lose him if he goes to the squad. So maybe he does make the roster, but 
I really want to see how he's going to perform in the preseason because I think if every indication is what we think it's going to be, Justin Ross could be an absolute dynamo on that field. Agreed. Yep, absolutely. Let's play a game, buddy, to finish this off because we love games. I love games. Games are fun. And this is a good one. This is Dynasty. Buy, sell, or hold. I need an answer for the player that I'm going to give you, buddy, and it's not difficult. Buy, sell, or hold, man. What are you doing here? Josh Allen. Oh God! Uh, you, could, you could get a king's ransom for this man right now. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably selling, especially wow. if, it's a, if it's a what if it's a one QB league. Wow. I'm 100 percent selling, and I'm building up my receivers and running backs. Yes, what a, what a douche, man! If that was Mac Money Jones, he would be like, I'm holding this man. <laughs> if it was Mac Money Jones, if someone if he was on anyone's dynasty roster, I would poke them in the eye and say, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> okay, fair enough. But damn it, man. What you're going to just, but he didn't even th- freaking pause, man. He's selling my boy like that. I'm selling we're, Josh Allen. Are, are we, we're, we're talking one QB, one QB. I leaks. don't know. Whatever. If it's two, what are you doing too? If it's super, if it's super flex, I'm holding. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. I'm not paying the price for him. I'm holding. If it's one QB, I'm kicking his ass to the curb and I'm getting a King's ransom in wow. return. Wow. So you don't like winning championships this year is apparently what you're saying. I love winning championships. <laughs> I also love building depth and not relying on one position, one player that I can only start one of. It doesn't matter. He's going to give you 40 points a week and he's going to give you a trophy, man. That's all you're looking for in fantasy football. You know what? That's fine. Give, give me Jalen Hurts for a <sighs> fraction of the cost. Who's going to give me almost as many fantasy points. Per wow. Game. We're no longer friends, man. I just I can't handle how quick you did that. Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen 2023. <laughs> let's go at least fucking pause for a minute and be like <laughs> no yeah that's tough one that that's a tricky one this guy just says without right hesitation mother allen's gone patrick mahomes what are we doing with mr mahomey boy mahomes i'm holding because a lot of dynasty owners are gonna be scared off the, with the fact that tyree kills no longer there the offense could be a little bit in question so you're not gonna be able to get the value that you could in the past few seasons so i'm gonna hold I think you could probably buy him, but people are still going to own him are going to be like, no, nah, he's still going to be the guy. So I'm, I'm holding there. Yeah. I mean, for me, I didn't say I'm, I'm fucking holding Josh Allen with like everything inside of me, holding him and hugging him tight because that's I'm, we- I'm going to hold Josh Allen with a freaking paper towel that's drenched in like Gatorade. I don't just let like it wither you. away. I, I don't like you, you bastard. But Patrick Mahomes is interesting. I mean, I might be trying to f- throw out flyers to sell them just to see what's out there. But you're you're probably right. I think because you know cool. a lot of people are going to try to take advantage of you they and be like, will, "Oh, definitely. Mahomes doesn't. He doesn't have Tyree Kill. He's not the same guy." Mm-hmm. Like, no, I th- still, I th- still, still, still a fucking top three player. Exactly. And I think that you know, with with we saw this with member with Matthew Stafford when Calvin Johnson retired, the more yeah. options he had, he was able to spread the ball around the field. I think that's what we're going to see from Mahomes this year. I agree. Lamar Jackson by seller hold i'm buying i think people are a little bit a little bit off on lamar especially with the ankle injury last year the lack of offensive weapons i think that you could get him at a cheaper price than you have been able to in years past yeah i agree and i think that the with the rushing upside he always gives you i mean okay are the injury if he gets injured this year then it's a different uh story we're gonna right, have right. because then now we can say okay the running appeal is gonna start to break down his body but i'm, I'm definitely with you i think that he's still gonna be a top I don't know, top five, top six uh, quarterback in the NFL based on that rushing upside. I, I love it. I, I mean, Kai, he's 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 QB four in my dynasty rankings right there, now. So, there yeah. you go. So, I mean, it's it's not out of the question. Kyler Murray, what are we doing with this man? You can't sell him because it's it's going to be tough to get that value. 
I also think it's, I think he's another hold. Like a lot of these quarterbacks are hold right now because mm. it's tough to gauge the value unless you're in a super flex league. But if you're in a one QB kind of a league, you got to hold on to these guys for right now. I don't like unless, unless it's Josh Allen's, then you just you just sell the crap you out see, of them. You see the disrespect I get from this man. God, it hurts. What, what did I ever do to you, man? I did nothing. You it's called called- me Deshaun Watson. <laughs> well done. I was waiting for you to bring that full circle. Well done, sir. Dak Prescott, man. You holding this man too? I'm either holding or I'm selling because people are dynasty owners for the most part. You'd be like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't have Amari Cooper. You know, he still has Gallup, you know, Gallup and, uh, and, and CeeDee Lamb, of course. But, you know, what's going to happen with Prescott? He's getting a little bit older in age. So I have Prescott in a couple of leagues. I'm holding him right now. I'm not trying to move him. Fair enough. And I, I think Dak is going to be pretty reliable for at least the next three years. So you can gauge that value. Yeah. Yeah. Moving to running back CMC, your boy. What are you doing with uh, Christian here? I'm, I'm trying to buy. You're I'm buying him. Buy. I'm buying him and selling other his current owners on the fact that, yep, he's had some injuries the last couple of years. He's not the same guy. Hope I can get him a little bit of a cheaper price because if you're if you currently have him on your roster, you're not selling him because you're not getting fair value. So I'm trying. You're holding or you're buying. I'm I'm trying to sell his ass and I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get as much. What do you think? What do you think you could get? I think you could still get a first and a player for a running back running back needy team. And I think that's decent value. So if I can get myself a wide receiver, low end wide receiver one, I'm okay with it. If I get myself a low end RB one with a first round pick, I'm okay with it. And and uh, it's just I'm too scared with this entry, man. And the way that this Carolina Panthers offense is, it scares me to death that they're going to run this man into the ground again this year. Would you take a first round, uh, let's say a 2023 first round pick, mid to late first round pick, and a T Higgins or a DJ Moore? For DJ Moore, DJ Moore, probably not T Higgins. You're, you're, you're starting to get a little bit warmer. Okay. But I still right. think even, uh, with, even with that, then I think I want another pick in that as well. And then we're good. What about somebody like an AJ Brown or a Jalen Waddle with a first round pick Jalen Waddle on a first sign me up all day long. I'm, I'm, I'm shipping CMCO. Fair enough. Okay. Nick Chubb. Um, Nick Chubb. I'm selling. Mm, I like it. 20, you know, 26 years old. He's, you know, still phenomenal running back. Don't get sure. me wrong. But I do think that you could get one of these younger running backs in return for him just based off of his name and of equal equal value. I think, uh, you, oh, know, absolutely. you know what I'm saying? I think you're going to get a D. We, we love Nick Chubb. I mean, the show used to be called Straight Chubb, but I mean. I think at this point, the way that, you know, a few injuries have transpired, you know, how it's operated, I think you can still get a good value of return and actually come out more ahead and and build out your roster if you trade Nick Chubb. I think you could get Nick Chubb for either a Derrick Henry or an Austin Eckler straight up. And And I would take either of those. I think I think for Eckler, I would I would definitely do it. Yeah. Yep. Dalvin Cook. What are we doing with this man? Um. That's tough. I'm probably holding with Cook. I don't think I would try to trade for him because of the season he had last year. The injuries, yes, are still a concern, but I don't think he's someone that you can really buy at a discount. So I think for him, you're holding. He's an interesting one for me because the value has to be exactly right for me to ship him out. 
Um, what I dislike about a Dalvin cook every year is the fact he gets injured at the wrong possible time when you require him the most. So I hate having him on my, I I love having him at the beginning. I hate having him at the end. And that's the tug of war that I got because I have a few shares of his as well. Alvin Kamara legal issues and all. Oh, we're, we're, we're going in sync. Bye, bye, bye. We're trying to sell this boy as soon as we can. Get him off your roster. Yeah. A.K.A. Slant Boy. I think I am doing the same thing. I, I, As much as I love the skill set, that team is in disarray. No more Sean Payton. You don't know how this offense is going to go. Get what you can, and hopefully it's a high return. But if you have to hold him, he'll likely give you good points. But Aaron Jones, what are you doing with Aaron Jones from Green Bay? Aaron Jones, I'm going to try to buy and sell my my trade partner on the fact that he's 27, almost 28 years old. Mm. He's only got a couple years of, you know, top level fantasy production left and see what, you know, see what I can get, you know, for him. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to buy him at that point um, because he is still the focal point of this Packers offense. AJ Dillon is the future. Yes. But with Aaron Jones, I mean, try to buy for, you know, as lo- as low as you can just knowing that you're going to get a couple of really, really good years of production from him. I'm hoping I'm going to sell him on the high and I'm going to, I'm going to do it on the reverse on what you just said, because he's the vocal ah, point. because yes. he's the focal point, because he is, you know, likely going to have a monster season this year. I'm just too concerned if Aaron Rodgers retires, what that's going to do to this team. And if he remains with green Bay, I don't like it. So I'm selling him this season because I think you'll get a good ransom. Can I ask you a question here then? Yeah. If you were selling or trading Aaron Jones and someone said, okay, I'll give you Travis Etienne straight up. Not, en- not enough, but I like where that's going. I like where you're headed. See, I would. I would take Etienne straight okay. up okay. for Aaron Jones right okay. now. Okay, and I, I mean, I don't hate it, but I would, I'm, I'm one that likes to get at least a pick, so give me Etienne in a second and we got a deal. Okay. How's I mean, that, that w- neither one of us have those players in the league that we're in together. But yes, yes. yes sure. See what we're doing here? Josh Jacobs, man. Buy, trade, or sell. I'm buying, you know, and I'm telling my opponent, like, listen, Vegas doesn't want him. They declined his fifth-year option, you know. The fact that he's still 24 years old yeah. and can still give you, you know, low-end, mid-RB2 value, I'm buying it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that even if he gets on another team and potentially... I mean, I don't want to say better situation because Vegas is doing pretty well with their roster construction right now. But I mean, he's going to likely land in a good situation that's going to give him opportunities. I'm with you, man. 24 years old. You can't hate it. David Absolutely. Montgomery. Also, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say with Jacobs, too. I mean, he's someone that's going to be top 10 out of running backs and targets alone. Not sure. a, no set aside the rushing upside, the receiving upside alone is going to return value for you. Yeah, I agree. I think that his value is still very strong, even though the injury bug has hit him quite a bit. I still, I still like it. And based on where he is value wise, because of that fifth year option, because of all the running backs in that room, I think uh, he's a, he's definitely a good one. David Montgomery, Monty boy. Oh, Montgomery. I'm, I'm buying. Of course. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I love the ability. I like the fact that, you know, They've got the young quarterback in there with Justin Fields. The coaching staff has changed, so it could be a breath of fresh air. And Montgomery is still 24 years old. He's being involved more in the passing game. Tariq Cohen, unfortunately, is not part of the situation anymore because of the injuries. So I love Misa Monty. Yeah, I like it too. And even though I got a soft spot for Khalil Herbert in that backfield, even if he does make a tandem approach. Yes, you do. In Chicago, I like David Montgomery as well. J.K. Dobbins, I think we're probably both on the same page of a buy. Oh, my. All 
day long. He, That's right. He's he's top ten dynasty right now for me. I, at running back. I love it, and, and I, yeah. I'm I'm so on board. I don't even care that that ACL is you know halfway put together. I'm I'm buying, man. Give me all the shares I can, dude. I don't care if they put a solder to it. Just give me J.K. <laughs> Dobbins. This one's gonna hurt you, man. What about your boy Miles Sanders, the former crush? Our our love affair hasn't been ended. Are you selling him off? He's taking his hat off and he's giving a bow. Miles Sanders. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> he's hurts. done. He <laughs> he's he is he's officially done for me. And it's not all his fault. I put most of the blame on Doug Peterson and the lack of, you know, ability that he had to use his running backs. Of course, the new coaching regime hasn't really helped that out very much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Miles Sanders, um, where he was one of the what top 12, top 15 probably for me right now. He's uh He's currently my running back 30. So oh, oh. see see you later, Miles. See quite later. the quite the fall from grace for the once and love it hurts. affair. Yeah. I mean it hurts was, to say that. He was in your top 10 for a while. He was. And yeah. I made a big trade for him in my dynasty league a couple I of remember. years ago. And I, <laughs> and I got so excited. Yep. And then just the usage went down and dying. There, there was no consistency in that Eagles backfield. Yeah. And so it, I mean, and Sanders has the talent. He just needs to be used as an RB1. I'm trying to figure out the best spot for him to go for me to get my, my encouragement back. And it's almost like Dallas Cowboys has their name written on it for Miles Sanders. And, and maybe that's just when Zeke departs. So I believe they can get right. from Zeke's contract next year. So maybe it's a nice little swappy swap they do there. But <sighs> I still like Miles. I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to buy him. Right? Maybe I will buy him. If I can get him on pennies on the dollar, I'll put him on my bench. Oh, you, you can absolutely get him. <laughs> I mean, right now in one of the, in the, my main dynasty league, he's like my RB five. Okay. So like you can, yeah, you can get him pennies on the dollar, right? Perfect. Now. Pennies on the dollar stash him on my bench. I'm good with it. What about Kareem hunt, man? What are we doing? Buying this man? I think so. Cause I think you get him pre- you know, pretty cheap. He's 26 years old. He's the RB two on his team. He's going to be a free agent. So I think that you can, you have to you get him fairly cheap. And where he is so valuable in the receiving game, you can get more usage out of him than people think. You know, you can get probably another five years out of him if he is used more as a receiver. Agreed. So yeah, I'll I'll buy on. Yeah, for the for the PPR upside and the way the Browns understand Coach Stefanski yep. understands how to utilize them. Him and Chubb have proven they can coexist. Like we all told you years ago. I'm definitely buying some Kareem Hunt. Okay, wide receivers, baby. Cooper Cup. What are we doing with Cooper? Because the value is extremely high. It is. And I will say this, like, I, I know a lot of people on Twitter got flagged for saying, oh, sell Cooper Cup, sell Cooper Cup. Yes. If you can get a King's ransom for him, which you probably can, then absolutely. If you're rebuilding your team and you want to get younger, sell Cooper Cup, get a ton of value in return and build yourself a dynasty. That's why you play dynasty football. Look at this guy, man. In one foul swoop, he's selling Josh Allen and he's selling Cooper Cup. You know why? Because you play to win the game. If you play to win and you have both these men, you won the damn championship. Damn it, Chris. All right. So killing I don't me. I don't want to me. Here. I don't I don't want to win just for this season. OK, Frick, I want to win for the next three to five seasons. I get it. I like where your head is at, too. He's trying to build the dynasty. He's bought too much into the phrasing. <sighs> I, I I didn't just drink the Kool-Aid. I like took an IV and shot it yeah. into my veins. You invented the Kool-Aid is what he's basically yeah. saying. Devontae Adams, man. What are we doing? Uh, Devontae Adams, I'm selling. Yes. 
Agreed. 20, 29 years old, still has a few years left of really good production. And I mean, he's still going to get a, a monster amount of targets from Derek Carr. Okay. But I just think for dynasty purposes, where you're thinking in the future, sell him high, get value in return, get a little bit younger, you know, get receivers that are 24, 25 years old and use those extra, you know, pieces to build your team. And I agree because I think if I am, if I am right on the cusp of winning even this year and there's the ability to add more depth, I think I will still do it. My boy, Stefan Diggs, don't hurt me, buddy. What are you doing? Oh, he's he's going to the curb with Josh Allen. They're going to be <laughs> they're going to be living in a van down by the river together. Son, right? of a, son of a bitch, man. God, he hurts my feelings. Are you really selling him? No, I'm, with Stefan Diggs, I'm holding. Okay, because I was going to say, clarify with, yourself. No, with Diggs, you're not going to get the value that you want in return for him because he's yeah. too damn good. Right. But you also don't want to buy because, you know, everyone that has that plays Dynasty or in any fantasy football, they overvalue their players. Yes. Okay. So they're going to overvalue Stefan Diggs. They're going to want more than you want to give up for him. So you just you hold on to him. Okay, fair enough. I, I like the hold. I think I'd be holding Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs because guess what? They're winning the Super Bowl this year and they're going to put up like a thousand points each. So I just, that's that's a homer talk, whatever. We'll you heard it here first. <laughs> a thousand points each. Thousand points each, man. You're going to win two years in a row without even trying. Mike Evans. I, I'm buying Mike Evans. No mm. Gronk, right? Godwin's going to miss the early part of the season. Who else is Brady going to throw it to? That's it. I, I like I like Mike Evans even without Brady because, I mean, he's proven it, what, seven, eight straight years with 1,000 yards? Look what he did with, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, there right? Fitz, Fitz hey. magic in the hamburger meat was throwing the ball all day long. You got to love it. DK Metcalf. What are we doing with DK? Um, I'm actually, so I'm buying DK Metcalf. Whoa, okay. So many people are going to be down on him because of the uncertainty at quarterback. He's going to be a free agent. He's still 24 years old. Yep. I think you get him, get him at a pretty good deal right now if you get him before the season starts. I agree. I I, th- I love where your head is at because I they're going to be shit show in the past game this year in Seattle. He's yep. unless something drastically changes. I mean, he's definitely going to be out the door. I don't foresee him signing a deal. So I, I know someone in the whoever has him in, in your league is going to be like, oh, well, it's DK Metcalf. He's still really long, young. It's like, yeah, guess what? He has Drew Locke and fucking Gino Smith throwing him the ball. <laughs> I'll give you a fourth round pick for him. Yeah. Final offer. Take it or leave it because you're going to cry all season long because, you know, people do want to win. Amari Cooper. Going back I'm, to Cooper. I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm selling. Yeah. And I love Amari. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the uncertainty at the quarterback position, I mean, that's going to take an entire season off of his productivity. So, and also with the fact that Cleveland is a run first, run heavy team to begin with. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, man. I, I fell off of Amari, I think two years ago. I was like, yeah, it's starting to fall off and, and it's, it's off. It's so on the, it's can on I the tell you about a trade that I made this off season? <laughs> I, I traded Amari Cooper and Miles Sanders for the 101, which turned out to be Brees Hall. So beautiful. See how this man operates. He gets out when the going is tough, man. Scary Terry McLaurin on the contract. I'm buying contract mm. year. hundred yep. percent buying um, whether or not Washington brings him back. He's still one of the most talented receivers in the league. He's just had a really shitty quarterback situation. And the fact that that team is run by an absolute psychopath, it Huge. doesn't help him either. So, <laughs> 
I love McLaurin. I think that you can buy low on him right now, especially Agreed. with the inconsistencies that he had last season. Agreed. And I think as this offseason prolongs, you're going to see jo- the rise of Jahan Dotson. And um, that value for Terry in Dynasty is also going to kind of level off where people aren't going to be able to promote him as much. I'm definitely buying him too, because even if he is, if even if he is on the commanders, the commies roster for the long term with a Jahan Dotson, I'm still buying. If he goes to another club, I'm still buying because he's quarterback proof. Give me all the scary Terry I can handle. Yeah, same. Okay. Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju, I'm holding because new team, new situation. He's going to have to be that. He doesn't necessarily have to be that alpha receiver because Travis Kelsey already kind of is at the tight end position. So Juju's going to be able to play that complementary role, which I think is better for him. And so it's going to be tough to sell him or buy him because of that uncertainty. So I'm holding on and I'm expecting really good things from Juju this year. So I'm going to caveat this one with I'm selling the first time he has a big game. He has a big game. I announced I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I announced to the league Juju's for sale. And if he has two big games, I'm like, he is super for sale. Take him off my hands. And and kind of like the kind of like Deshaun Watson after the first game you sell him. <laughs> Basically, that's all you gotta do. Yeah. Last one on my board is Brandon Cooks, Mr. Also a quarterback. I am buying yes. all of the Brandon Cooks that I <laughs> fucking can. I remember when I wrote up his uh his 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 player profile this year. I mean, I, I couldn't say enough good things about him. I mean, he's a guy that is just going to consistently get you a thousand yards, receiving a hundred receptions every flipping year. It doesn't matter if it's Davis mills or somebody else, a quarterback, he's a PPR machine. And the fact that he's going in the sixth round right now, he's someone that can give you low end wide receiver, one high end wide receiver two upside, for a guy that's probably going to be your wide receiver three or four in your team. I love it, man. I'm with you. I like me some Brandon Cooks. He is Mr. Reliable, and you can get him for quite the cheap price right now, but that was fun, man. There you go. There's a little, you know, dynasty buy, sell, or hold. I love these games. I mean, it doesn't matter what the game is. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, pulling in or, or pulling out is definitely my favorite, but this is a se- <laughs> this is a close second right here. I don't think anybody understands the, the staying in or pulling out contest like we do. I don't even think we do. We just like no. have fun with it. <laughs> we don't know. I don't even know what we created over there. It's it's turned into a monster. We're gonna make T-shirts pretty soon. You know, you got you you pulled in or or you pulled out on on, on the but, headliner. But podcast. don't expect to see those T-shirts on headliner you because you two will not allow those. No, they will not. Man, we're gonna have to go to a third party for that. But. nevertheless man that's all i got so let's get out of here so on that note that is the show thanks so much for tuning in to all the listeners thank you for all the support and until next time stay safe and be kind to each other i'm out